the feet, you know. I, I'm definitely envious that you're enjoying the carnival life right now, and I'm not, you know? Like, just hearing you tell me the tea of the village, I'm just kind of like, yeah. I hate you a little bit, you know? But it's okay. It's okay. How, how has it been going going home? Oh, it's been great. Uh, I, I like that I've come at this period, of course. So it's been really a good acclimatization and getting used to, to the place. Well, getting used to the place as a resident, let's say. I feel it. I, I mean, as a lover of culture and history, I feel like Carnival is like such a huge cultural like it's just like a huge cultural like moment for us that does I feel like so much for the community on like so many different levels from just like not only the display of like tradition and like what is our sound and like what is our you know connections to Christianity but even just like this like opportunity for people to kind of be reckless you know and kind of just like be a little more mischievous and I feel like it's just kind of like letting people be themselves in this like almost like Mardi Gras-esque, like, you can't see me, like, this is just me in Carnival, like, who is this? This isn't me, no, no, guys, let's not film nothing, okay, what happened in yeah, Carnival State? Carnival? Uh, like, the context of the mask that you put on, uh, that you can put on during Carnival and uh, become yeah. who you wish to be, uh, even though we don't really put on a physical mask anymore, I feel like. But still, you have this concept of uh, alternate personality during this time. So that's fun. Yeah. And also, like, really, like, all social sciences, uh, not only uh, history, but also sociology, etc. So being able to observe uh, this community, this St. Martin community at this particular time, also seeing who is partying, who is working, all of that is very interesting. Yeah, not everyone gets to die carnival, you know. That is so true. That is so true. Like I know my dad for one. Like he would just be like, "No, we're open. Like we got we got money to make, things to sell, you know." And I'm like, "Dad, let's go to the parade." He's like, "I'm good, bro. I'm good." Um, But I feel like I don't know, like having not have carnival for like so many years, and like my birthday happens to fall in like carnival break. So for me, it was just like. Like, I felt like the whole country was partying on my birthday. You know, it was great. It was just like, yes, guys, let's go off. Um, but now, like, when I'm in the States and people don't really have, like, a con- – well, they don't really have a concept of carnival, you know, in, in most states unless it's, like, Florida is an exception um, or New York. And it's just, like, interesting. I feel like I feel like there's, like, a part of me missing, you know, like, just the sounds of, like, your culture – um, yeah. And like the the foods and the flavors, like for me, these are all things I gravely took for granted. And now that I don't have it, I'm just like, oh my god! Like, how do we how do we distribute this to the world so I can just get this everywhere? Mm. Like, I feel like everybody needs to get a taste of like what St. Martin is like during Carnival because yeah, uh, there's just so many great things that happen culturally mm. that I feel like are we even aware of the magic? Yeah, and each each place has a very specific version of carnival, and so when you get to these to these bigger countries, uh, the larger communities uh, get to decide what is the version of carnival that is being imported, you know, and so even when you see uh, like the Miami Carnival or the Labor Day Parade in New York or 
uh, uh, the Toronto Carnival. It's it's not gonna be like small island music. It's not gonna be uh, you know the same music that they play. They don't play uh, a panther vibes from Anguilla. They don't play control band. They don't play light. Uh, they they don't play our music. You know they will play Michelle Montano. Like wow, okay. <laughs> they, they will play Destra. Mainstream artist. So yeah, I, I enjoy it, you know, but it's just a different feeling. Notting Hill, Notting Hill, they would rather uh, go ahead and play. Um, how do you do? You call this UK garage music. So like, it's a mm. it's a type of elect electronic music that was created in London by minorities, but like it doesn't sound Caribbean, you know. So it's their version of carnival, and I, and I respect that because uh, each carnival is specific to the place where it is. But still, you have like Ketishans, uh who live in, in London. You have small St. Lucians, of course, and more smaller island people who live there. And I am coming from St. Martin, it's, it's expecting to hear the kind, of, the kind of music that I hear like in Anguilla or home. Exactly. And then like, it this? doesn't exist. What, what you know? is this? What is like this? They, they, they would play... They would play Burna Boy much more than they play any like small soca <laughs> artists. It's like that's okay. Crazy. That's your I mean, version. I'm, all, but, I'm a fan of the yeah. Afro beats, but it's got its place. Okay, like this is not what Carnival is yeah. for. But I feel like as being part of the diaspora, one of the things that I hope technology can do for our carnival is really like broadcast those artists to a wider audience so like if i wanted to go on spotify and listen to control band like i could get them hits and play that shit on repeat you know but like i feel like when you're abroad like you really have to just watch the live stream and just like pretend you're there in spirit <laughs> And like the the radio still has such a major role in broadcasting uh the the exactly. carnival music you know because um I feel like in Saint Martin if you're not here and you're not tuned into the to the radios you don't know what people like what local music people listen here and even uh you have to be like in the carnival uh moments uh yesterday there was the the opening of the carnival village and so there was the opening jump up. And uh, there's a song that played many, many times, and I'm almost sure that it has not been really played on the radio as yet. But the band that was like on the truck was playing it again and again. I, I'm supposing that it's their their song, but um, yeah, like it, 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 now the the song is stuck in my head because I was there in the moment. So there's something very like exclusive <laughs> about having access to San Martin music. So yeah. It makes you feel like you're part of some special club. Exactly, exactly. And I feel like, I don't know, there isn't so many opportunities where that exists anymore, where there is that sort of exclusive, exclusive, oh my God, I can't even speak, exclusivity, but it's like tied to quality and like authenticity and uniqueness. And it's just like, for me, it's like so hard to explain to people how, magical that is if you don't have that experience like if you're not there to witness this just display of like humanity like it's just absolutely mm. incredible and even still like the Dutch sides carnival is different than the French sides carnival and it's like a completely yeah. different even um display of music and like costume yeah. making and I'm curious for you like how 
do you look at carnival growing up from the friend side? Because I feel like growing up on the Dutch side, for me, like the Dutch side carnival was always like that shit, you know? Like it was like the the party that you really want to be a part of. Whereas the friend side one was a little bit more low key, but I don't know if that's just because I live in the South, you know? And like, yeah. that's just like our bubble, you know? Like our bubble. <laughs> so um, for, I, I remember that as a teen, uh, going to the Dutch side in general was always a vibe because like uh, we would go with friends, take the bus, ride to Phillipsburg and like go shopping and these things. So it was always like something to to go like on the Dutch side with your friends. And when we did get to uh, experience a carnival as a group of friends and not with the parents, it was also it was all the more fun, you know, because it was this experience that we were getting and we were feeling and everything but like french side carnival we really uh participated in it you know we attended the mm-hmm. side carnival as like viewers but french side carnival it was our thing like we we got to really make it enjoy it because when you uh, are part of schools then you participate in the children parade from small and so you get used to it um you get to enjoy it you know the rules you know where you should be placed even uh, the the uh, the public they like people i don't know if people still do that but they used to like couples used to have like their matching outfits and everything and like groups of friends who attended also had their little looks and you had to look good even though you were not like part of the the troops <laughs> like even as a, as a as just one <laughs> yeah you still have it was still a, a big moment definitely for us and um yeah i i the first time i i was on the road for carnival was on the friend side and it was as a child it was as a as a young child maybe at five years old and then uh, a few times again growing up and even as a teen so i would say that um for me uh french side carnival i really see it as um as something in which uh, I participate, not something that I attend, you know. I really That's see so it as, uh, as yeah, like something that I can make my own for real. Also because the costumes were much more um, cheap than, than on the Dutch side. So it doesn't put that huge distance and that huge sense of industrialization of, 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 the, of the event and the the troops would mm-hmm. could be like associations not necessarily specialized in carnival but for instance i remember that the hospital uh, on the french side uh, they had a, an association for the employees that's it and they decided to do a troop for carnival and that was open to everyone that's and so, so cute oh my yeah gosh, it's, so cute. it's not that like, it, there are some troops that are specialized you know in in carnival but they represent a neighborhood you know, there are some troops that are specific or that are from, let's say, Grand Cas or from Concordia. It doesn't mean that you cannot attend if you wish, but that's just where they're going to have their trainings. And that's uh, where most of the, the, the people are, are going to come from. So that's also very fun, you know. Yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting. Just thinking about the roles that different people play in an event like Carnival, like the viewer versus participant, is such an interesting one. Because, um, yeah, I feel like 
we're all like sharing in each other's energy, whether it is the people that are like actually in the streets grinding and whining and just like creating all of the fun or the people that are literally cheering them on as, you know, on the side, giving them that like hype, like this is your moment. It'd be better, you know, Mm. walking that costume that you paid, you know, pretty penny, but you better work it, work it. You know, there's a sense of familiarity with the French side carnival. Sunset Carnival is like yes, yes. family, it's like your people, and to me, the Sunset Carnival is a show. So that, that's, that's the difference. Yes. yes, that is accurate, accurate. I guess like I'm curious, like what got you so in love with St. Martin's culture and history? I mean, it is a given. I feel like obviously we both recognize that St. Martin's culture is like a gem, that's like really I think priceless but was there like just experiences that got you really seeing I guess the value of being an advocate for a culture and history because I think sometimes like there's just not enough like we don't fight for it enough and I feel like it should be fought for because it is like such a priceless thing you know yeah definitely uh, so my, my mother is from Guadeloupe, and I don't know if you know, you've been around French Caribbean people, but they are very proud of their culture. So even though she she's always lived in St. Martin, like since my brother's, my my older brother's birth and her wedding, etc., uh, the household is very much uh, immersed in, in Guadeloupean uh, culture, like because she's the one who cooks, so she cooks uh, Guadeloupean food. And the radio is tuned in on the on the Guadeloupe radio station and things like that. So I've seen how uh, a culture can be important to someone and the ways in which you can uh, showcase it. Uh, my dad is from St. Martin and he's very into, um, into culture, let's say, but more into history. And I've seen him look into our... Um, um, our tree, our, um, how do you call that? Our gene- genealogical tree. Mm, uh, and ancestry. I've, yes, our family tree. I've seen him uh, build it, say, okay, this one was related to this one, and this one married this one. And so this sense of close history, of personal history, you know. Um, and so, of course, given our history, when you look into your family tree, you you find historical elements, and you find also a stop somewhere where you cannot continue uh, going to the roots. And so it was um, interesting to see how uh, me as a person I was linked to uh, this bigger history and how personal it was for me. Um, I was also a very good well I was yeah I was a very good student. Uh, and I particularly enjoyed uh, history. I did enjoy history in school, even though I didn't feel like it related uh, to me, you know. So it was like I, I did have some teachers who tried to to give uh, some. Uh, well, in the French curricula, you have uh, some hours that are dedicated to regional history. And so we okay, had a okay. book about the French Caribbean, but there were two instances where they talked about St. Martin, one in, geogra- in history, one in geography. The one in history was to mention an abolitionist that is called the Perrinot uh, and who did stuff on the French side, who lived on the French side and carried experiments to prove that, yes, if you pay people and not beat them, they will still work. And then you have, yes, and then you have... Um, Tragic. Yeah. 
And then on the geography pages, you had uh, the, air, the Juliana airport. That was the only mention of St. Martin in our French Caribbean uh, booklet because it was like a hundred pages of history. And then you had like the, the bigger books, two books, <laughs> one for history, one for geography for like the program, the general uh, curriculum. And so I, I did enjoy history, uh, even though it was not really uh, geared towards uh, my environment. And we and with my parents, we did attend like uh, all the cultural events that existed. Uh, so it could be like I love my ramen in Colombia. It could be fish day. It could be uh, anything that was done around the abolition of slavery. Um, and one thing that really influenced me uh, as a teen is that I have a, a very good friend, uh, Samia, who had this idea uh, when we were at the last level of junior high to do a Black History Month project. And Black history being uh, mm. something American, it's it's not exist it's not exist it's non-existent uh, in the French context. So usually the the time around which uh, slavery, let's say, is discussed on the French side is around May because that's the month of the abolitions of slavery. Uh, but she decided to do a Black History Month project, and so. We got to do uh, songs and theater pieces and dances uh, celebrating Black cultures and also St. Martin culture. So we got to uh, discuss, discuss with uh, the organization of Shuja um, Rev. So it was either Conscious Lyrics Foundation or it was maybe the Book, book Fair organization uh, who told us about St. Martin, uh, who, who showed us the movie Amistad. Um, and we also got to learn to dance panam and things like that. So it was interesting to see uh, this part of history that I hadn't learned uh, in the in the classroom, but it was still for a, a school project. So it still had this legitimacy of of of, of school, you know. Uh, mm. And I definitely understood at this moment because I was like fourteen, maybe that there was so much that I, I didn't know about about home or not it was not really in this sense but it was more in the sense of whoa there is so much things to learn you know i didn't feel the lack uh, i just felt like the curiosity could be um, could be geared towards these interests uh, but I really, really um, felt uh, a lack when I did go to, to France uh, because I went to a school that uh, specializes in, well, it's, it's, it doesn't specialize, that's the point of the school, but basically you do uh, social sciences, uh, micro and macro economy, you do uh, law, you do a variety of uh, humanities, let's say. Uh, during your your two first years, and then you have a year abroad. And during these two first years, they would teach you these history classes on the 19th century. And the 19th century is not a very 19th. Yes, it's not a very interesting uh, century. Uh, well, the end. Uh, they, they teach you the end of the 19th century. So that's well after the the French revolution, the revolution that is in the 18th century. Um, it's, it's, it's not these big things that, that you see uh, mm. in global history uh, of, of France, but it prepares the 20th century. And so you get this knowledge uh, that is uh, very, 
particular, you know, that, that, that it's, it's not huge facts. It's like you, you get in the nitty gritty of, 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 uh, of, of a time where nothing big happens, it seems like, when, when you're, you, you're not aware of it. And I'm like, wait a minute, like, I, I get to know all these small things about France and, like, I don't know any big steps of my home, my, my home, you know? And so... It, it, it felt like, um, yeah, I, I was no, I was getting to know too much about uh, someone else's uh, story compared to what I knew about mine. Uh, and so when I could, I would read certain things, but I really got the chance to have time to look into St. Martin history uh, during COVID because I already had the books. Uh, oh yeah, something important that I, I attended when I was in St. Martin was the book fair. Uh, because the book, the annual book fair of Saint Martin, is an occasion where local and regional uh, authors come and showcase their writings. But you also have conferences on local topics. Let's say, and my dad had a lot, has, still has, and I still, I, I still seal, seal his books. He has so many books uh, about Saint Martin. So I was, I was in an environment that was um, where I could access some information. And I had already read some of it. I, I, I had already traveled, well, taken some of my dad's book to go <laughs> with him in France in the hopes of having time to sometime, having time to sometimes read it. And eventually when, uh, when COVID came, came around, I had time to do it. And so I started with a book with, uh, from Daniela Jeffrey that is called uh, St. Martin, Destabilization of... Uh, something I can remember right now and I don't have it right in front of me but it's a book uh, that talks about modern day modern day Saint Martin and uh, I noticed that while I was reading it uh, the notes that I that I that I was taking was about dates you know I was like okay I'm, I was basically making a chronology a timeline okay this at this time this is what happened at this year this is what happened this day that is what happened and so I I ended up the book with like a, a bunch of dates and I was like, hey, this is actually interesting to see it like this because it puts things into perspective. You understand um, what is the the path that that events followed. And so that's why I was like, oh, well, I, I have this conviction that we don't know enough about St. Martin history. And it's an easy take for me to just share online uh, these, these dates. So let me just create a, an Instagram page and go ahead and, and share these dates. And yeah, that's why it, I started the, on this day SXM. Can I tell you something? It's funny. I actually, from your Instagram page, like now, so every year I make my own agenda for myself because I'm a nerd and I like design. Okay. And one of the things that I was like, I was like really missing home and I was like, I really need a way to celebrate, you know, same like dates that are important to my identity and my culture. And a lot of the dates that I have in my agenda now, even around like celebrating when slavery was abolished for us is because of your Instagram page. So <laughs> just saying, sis, you know, you're, you're out here educating the rest of us, you know, that clearly don't know shit because I agree there is definitely not enough about our history yeah. and culture like I didn't learn anything I don't think when I was at LU that was really about like Samar in history ever and 
I agree. I feel like a lot of the times, like, these colonial nations, they do a very good job of, like, almost erasing, you know, the history of the colonies that they once conquered and not really putting a lot of mm-hmm. emphasis into what was the experiences of the people there? You know, what was the hardships that they were going through? What was the reality of that time? And how has that influenced um, the generations that have followed? And for me, it's just kind of like a lack of like respect for the people there to be able to have these stories and to like share them with like future generations to help really solidify like what it means to be a part of our community and like like you were saying giving us perspective on like what we have been through you know I think like it's hard sometimes like I thought it was so great that your dad did the family tree because for me like I have a lot of question marks of like okay yeah I know my you know mom's side of the family is from St. Kitts and like they have their origins there but how exactly did they get there? You know, St. Kitts happens to be like one of the first stops in, you know, the Atlantic slave trade when they were shipping slaves over from West Africa. And so for me, it's just like, these are types of, you know, questions that minorities, unfortunately, never get the answers to because a lot of those documents were never taken, never, you know, felt needed to be stored. Um, and then we're left with like a lot of question marks where like you see these ads for like ancestry.com and they're like, I'm related to Thomas Jefferson. And I'm like, must be nice. You know, must be nice. Must be nice to have that documentation. Oh, did your ancestors log their entry in Ellis Island? Must have been nice because they went on that mm-hmm. boat voluntarily. Oh, yep. and for me, it's like. It hurts, I think, sometimes to not be able to have those connections to your roots and to really know with certainty, like, what your ancestors have been through and sort of, like, what is the torch that we carry going forward? And so for me, when I meet people that really have this love and conviction for our history and culture, like, for me, like, you're, like, secret superheroes for all of us because you're fighting for our stories. And I feel like it's something that you can't put a price tag on, but it is so key to who we are and how we think of ourselves and how we feel empowered mm-hmm. that, you know, I, I sometimes totally understand why St. Martiners struggle with this whole identity crisis of like, what does it mean to be a St. Martiner? Who is a St. Martiner? What is a St. Martiner? Because we have so many questions that we don't even mm-hmm. have the answers to. Yeah. And, you know, um, I'm in my daily life, I'm quite optimistic but at the end of the day, uh, I'm also quite a, a fatalist because of um, the pending uh, environmental uh, <laughs> apocalypse. <laughs> and so because we're oh, from Lord, such a small space, yeah, Be- because we're from like my, my fatalism makes me make, makes me think that we must do everything now. You know, we, we, we don't have time, so we must act we must act and we must act now, you know, With that's also why when, you know, yeah. Yeah. And that's also why when I see that there's something that's, uh, that, 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 that I don't like or something about society that I think should, could be better or could be changed. I, I, I usually, I, I am not someone who stays, uh, long in the face of, this is not how things should be done. Uh, I don't like how this is done. I, I don't really uh, long in, in this uh, vibe. Uh, I, I do have the capacity to quickly say, uh, what can I do? 
at my level. Okay, it might not change everything, but what can I do, you know? Uh, so that that's why I tend to do like small stuff. Uh, that's why I tend to do a variety of things because I all I I tend to notice what what's not working, and then I ask myself, okay, but mm-hmm. am I able at my level to do anything or? But I, 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 I tend to not voice my complaints uh, extensively, you know, Un- unless it, it's, it's because I, I think my, that my complaints will uh, generate change. But I, I try not to stay too long in the com- complaintive state, even though I yeah. do believe that angry is a transformative um, feeling, a, a transformative uh, force, you know. Uh, Anyways, I was trying to say that because of the environmental uh, uh, apocalypse that is uh, going to take place, I feel like we must ask ourselves, what do we want uh, the world or aliens or what who comes after to remember about who we are? And I don't want uh, aliens to know that Steffi was a multimillionaire. I I don't care about that, you know. I want them them to know that St. Martin was an island with people who uh, spoke a, a certain way and who came f- from certain places and who thought this way and who created this thing and yeah that's that's for me that's that's the real questions what what are we go- going to leave you know okay you can leave mm-hmm. houses but these houses are going to be buried on the water so what 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 are the ideas that you are leaving the to influence the world to come yeah exactly no I to, feel to me that. The, I think... the, the the real battle is about ideas and yes. so that that's why I, i'm so adamant about uh trying to find ways to express uh mine or um highlight the ideas that were that were expressed uh yes. presidently yes. it's beautiful i think it's so great to see that you're fighting for our legacy that oh we're in the same tribe or oh my gosh like i'm like i i'm here for it here for it because i think about that so much steffi like i used to think honestly that i was the only one that was freaking crazy and could see the freaking like meteor that's like headed straight towards us and everybody else in the islands is like la di da di da life is good you know like say la vie let's just you know drink some tea punch and chill at the beach what you're stressed yeah. for you know and i'm like guys like environmental collapse is looking us yeah. dead in the face you know like hurricane mm-hmm. irma was no joke and even just from like a historical and cultural preservation perspective, like the government building had like what, like tons of archives that were simply just lost or destroyed or damaged because of Hurricane Irma. And these are documents that like hold our culture and identity. They let us know what exactly occurred so that we can think for ourselves critically and not believe somebody else's story about what our experiences were. And for me, like that is so important. And I think about like, really and truly in the event say martin goes underwater you know and like no longer exists because of rising sea levels what are people going to remember about us you know what am i going to tell my grandchildren about the country that made me who i am if i can't take them there you know and i think a lot of this is just like even as a part of the diaspora like it's so hard to point to St. Martin's culture and be like this is who I am this exactly represents 
what I feel and how I identify myself. And for me, it's like when we create content or like you do all of these projects, for me, they're like adding one droplet to like the pool of like, this is St. Martin culture. And I think like a lot of the other developed nations have done a fantastic job at just like pushing their culture externally that you have a very clear idea of what Italian food is, of what American Mm. cuisine is, of what Dutch, French food, you you know just from that, okay, this is what to expect. But when you think about St. Martin, it's kind of like a... mm, Let's just, you know, pick some of what is generally Caribbean and say that this is St. Martin. And it's like, yeah. yes, but no, you know, it's like, and this is where it's like, I think it's so important to see people that are fighting and creating content and trying a bunch of things and just like having fun with it. Because to me, all of it represents our legacy. Like every one of us has a job to push our legacy out into the world, not just for us, but really for just like, what it means to be a St. Martiner, like what it means to have this community and this connection. So when the aliens are, you know, scrolling through the servers of the destroyed internet or whatever occurs, who knows, that there is something that they could look onto and be like, these people here, there was something special about them. What What is this? Like, I like how they think. Like, I like how they challenge things. I like how they express themselves. This is a freedom. This is a vibration that I, I am messing with. But if we yeah. don't fight for that voice, if we just, mm-hmm. like, continue to pretend, like, yeah, we're on our island and it's a nice little bubble. It's safe. It's cozy. And, like, I don't care what's going on in the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. That's not going to protect us from what's going on yeah. in the rest of the world. You know, and... Yeah, I, I, I really admire all the things that you're doing. And like you were mentioning about the the audio project, not a podcast, the, the audio project. Um, I think like that is so great to be able to just like archive and catalog the stories of and the way we generation. speak. Oh, the way we speak. I feel like I'm like the worst example of how St. Martin speak. Like, do not hear my voice and think like I'm anything like the people. But when I hear a real St. Oh, a real St. Martin accent, my heart, oh, everything in yeah. my like, I can't not smile. Like, it's just so yeah. freaking great. Oh, yep. the way we speak, mm. beautiful. And you know, so so the audio project is called uh, Back Then. Uh, let let me actually look it up because it's not just called Back. Then I think it's back then, and the, on the title is uh, "Stories of Saint Martin of Yesterday," and so it's basically it's available on like Spotify and Apple Podcasts and all this stuff, and uh, it's basically uh, yes, uh, back then stories of the Saint Martin of Yesterday, and what I did is that two or three years ago I I bought a recorder. And I was like, um, I need to record people of my family uh, because there is a talent in the way we speak, you know, in the way we tell stories. We don't just say, okay, uh, A happened to C. No, we have a whole way of, but but me tell you about that. Oh, oh, but I remember. And, you know, the the whole storytelling vibe is, is just so precious. And I was like, I need this to be recorded, you know. And so I went ahead and asked like my dad and his brother, uh, my two aunts, uh, friends, uh, the, the, the mothers and, and aunts of my friends and 
everything. I, I, I chose um, couples of brothers of, of siblings because I was like, I do not want my voice as the interviewer to be um, to be heard. That's also why I don't call it a podcast because I, I'm not supposed to be uh, present. I wanted to feel like uh, the, the listener is a little mouse uh, hearing a conversation between two people, you know. And so uh, I went ahead and asked these siblings, uh, can you tell me about your childhood, about your education, about religion while growing up, about what you you used to eat? Uh, did you leave St. Martin to where, how it was? And yeah, it, it, it it's an occasion to both hear about these stories of the past, but also hear how uh, people of a certain uh, generation speak our language. And I, I swear to God, when I when when I get back to them and listen to these audios, I laugh so much because as I was saying, our way of speaking is so interesting and so fun. And that's really uh also um how to say an illustration of what I want what I want um to highlight when I talk about history. To me, what is important is not and also in life, like my philosophy of life, like to me, uh, there is power in who we are, in, in, in the be, and not just in the do, you know, because there's also that mm -hmm. we're in a society where there's this whole emphasis on doing, on producing, on performing, on, on you know, being active. But to me, uh, simply being is also very powerful and valuable and, and, and the, the most important things, you know, to me, you don't have to to do extraordinary things to be um, recognized as, as powerful, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yes, and exactly. I had this whole, um, <laughs> this whole uh, comment uh, back and forth with, with someone uh, because I worked with Le Pelican, which is a local newspaper, to uh, make an article for uh, International Women's Day. And um, I didn't want to do the thing of uh, like extraordinary women who did great things and uh, talking about Juan Tete Loke, who was so strong and powerful and thinking about women in politics. And because that's a very, um, how to say, hegemonic, uh, it's, it's, it's basically white feminism, the, the fact to say that look how these women can act as men. Look how strong they are. Look how, how powerful. Like these things that that are valued uh, usually when we talk about we talk about these women that we admire is the, their ability to to be strong, you know, and to basically um, be at the same level uh, as men. But to me, like it's not like men were such a great thing that we have to to be at their level, you know. <laughs> like, I don't see it so that have way. Have you met a man? Like, have you actually <laughs> met one? Like, because I don't know. I'm like, that's not the bar I'm looking to measure myself against. <laughs> you know, you know, like, of course, uh, it's it's good to be powerful, but it's also good to be other stuff. There is, is you know, st strength is not the only thing that is good, basically. And, and so I went I ahead. Why, like, our definition of power is like based on male achievements. Yeah. Like, women yeah. give birth. Yeah. Like, are you yeah. kidding me? Like, that is incredibly mm -hmm. powerful. Yeah. 
So uh, what I did is that I spoke about uh, w- women in different times of St. Martin. So I talked about the, the roles that uh, Native women had in uh, pottery making and things like that, that survive until today, you know. Uh, I talked about uh, how women were made to be uh, um, producers of, of slaves because the master just didn't want them to be mothers, but just to be uh, future slaves. Uh, I talked. I talked about um, how religion has shaped uh, what 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 is seen as a good woman or not. Um, I talked about dancehall queens in Saint Martin. You know. I talked about like yes, women in general <laughs> in Saint Martin, and not. I, I of course I mentioned a few people because you all you also you always have to like say okay, this is an example of of what I'm saying, you know. But uh, my my yeah. my objective was not to do like a, a pantheon of of women of Saint Martin, and so there was this one commenter who was like, uh, oh, uh, this art this article is not like. Um, is not how how to say is not ha- really highlighting how Saint Martin women uh, how great uh, are Saint Martin women, and I was like, but I'm not trying to 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 say that we're great. I'm trying to say that we are, you know, <laughs> and that's it. We are, and <laughs> and that's that should be enough. That's that is who we were at this that. time. This is something else that we were at this time, and yeah. This, this this is the role that we had in society, you know. I love that perspective because it's so different and it's exactly not what people would expect, which is, I think, mm-hmm. why they were so triggered to be like, um, excuse me, I don't think you understood the assignment, miss. And you're like, actually, <laughs> I don't think you understood the assignment, reader. Okay. Yeah, she didn't, she um, didn't get the vision. She was not getting it. And, and I was okay. like, um, I was like, are you saying that uh, we can only celebrate women when they achieve great things? And they were like, uh, what's the point in celebrating uh, women that don't do shit? And I was like, um, the the article literally starts with uh, women doing something very basic at their time, pottery, but that survives and informs us uh, hundreds of years later on their society. So yes, there is extreme power in doing everyday stuff. And I feel like when people get to admire other people for just doing them, they can also like gain more confidence and chill a bit about their expectations for themselves, you know. Just be more gentle Reed. with themselves and everyone. <laughs> like, I'm also very, of course, I'm, oh because gosh. of all I, I, I do, of course, I have a certain level of ex- exigence and, you know, like, yeah. But also, like, let's let's relax, you know. <laughs> let's be. <laughs> I feel it. I feel it. And, you know, that's such a great point because I think we often don't value the everyday. You know, we take it for yeah. granted. Like, oh, yeah, I fold my laundry. So what? Well, it's like, you know, everything that we do adds to the condition of the moment. You know what I mean? And, like, to say that, like, those women weren't doing great things when they were farmers and just taking care of their family and, like, you know, raising poultry that they were putting on the table that night all of that led for us to even be here now. So how yes. can you even like, even for you to Don't be able to accomplish anything yeah. in your life, they had to go through 
everything that they did just to give you the opportunity and to be like, oh, well, that's not enough. She didn't work hard enough. My great grandma, what was she doing? A slacker. That woman slacking. You know what I mean? Just just trying to feed the family. Oh, my gosh. What what was she thinking? Lazy. Oh, no. You know, Um but I think and, like, and you it know, I, it, it also falls into uh, it also falls into my my uh, not disgust but my preference to not highlight heroes. You know, I know that people like to identify key people that they can look up to, yeah. and I understand the pers- the purpose and the the use yeah. the utility of of heroes. But to me, there's no such thing as as a self made person. You know, to me, a hero is. Uh, the result of how a community has created something great and we get to see it into one person. But the whole like uh, community that, sta- that stands behind heroes, I think that is what we should uh, put our focus on. Like when you read about uh, Toussaint Louverture and you understand by who he was raised, by a woman who was very strong and powerful, and I, I believe she was a fighter herself and things like that, you you understand that yeah he he okay we 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 uh remember the person but he was made of his because of his environment and to me it's really important that we put the focus uh on community and how uh working together uh um, helps us to well is the key to achieving uh important stuff mm-hmm. not in the key is not to be yeah. a great person the key is to um, um, allow your strengths to create something uh, great, you know. Yeah, collectively. Yeah, such an interesting dynamic because I think like it like goes back to the roles that we play, you know, in our society. Like I think like and like the the narratives that they support, you know, because the whole hero versus villain one is one that I have been contemplating for a while and I feel like it's interesting because when we have stories about like what we celebrate as heroes and what are things that we look as like um just expected or like not that great or worthy it shows us like how we view ourselves and like what are the parts of ourselves that we shame versus what are the parts of ourselves that we celebrate and like for me I realized that there were things that I shamed about myself that I was just like, oh, I was not having reverence or appreciation for because I had convinced myself that they weren't important or like oh. they they didn't deserve to be celebrated. Um, yeah. And I was robbing myself of joy, robbing myself of pleasure, of happiness, of contentment, of gratitude, just because there was this like indoctrination of like celebrating individuality celebrating accomplishments celebrating big ticket things that I think like not to say that they don't deserve to be celebrated but to acknowledge that there was a journey that it took to get you there and the journey is equally as important the people that help Mm. you are equally as important and worthy to be recognized in your accomplishments um and I think yeah it's just like I think growing up in a like minority community, we have the advantage of like having the opportunity to experience community and like what it actually means to be part of a collective. Because I've noticed and I'm curious for you how it was in France where like it's much more individualistic in the way that these those communities operate and how they view what is important and what is celebrated. But when you come from a place that is more rooted in like community and the collective, there is this interesting just like awareness you have 
that I think like allows us to just connect more with people as opposed mm-hmm. to people that are only operating from this individualism um, perspective of like me, 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 tell about me, my accomplishments, my shit, get out of my way. <laughs> yep. No, but France was definitely an experience, uh, a good one, actually. It's just that it lasted too long, but it was it was a good experience. Uh, also, I lived in Paris and Paris is a big city that acts as a big city. So, yes, the sense of individuality and anonymity is very very strong you know and you definitely uh, have to build some um, walls to to change how you perceive the other if you want to be able to thrive or just live in this city because uh, the first years or the first months depending on your uh, quickness of adaptation you're going to feel bad each time that you see a homeless person but you see homeless persons uh, people like all day long you know and so eventually uh, you build some walls to, yeah, to, to see them less or to be less affected by, yeah. yeah, to desensitize yourself from this stuff. And um, it, it's, yeah, it's, it creates uh, cognitive dissonances because you're supposed to act uh, as if something that morally and intimately you find uh, um, outrageous and and not act on it uh when you see it daily so yeah it, it creates a separation of your of your consciousness i feel and and you force yourself to to negate uh, other people's uh, humanity and to not care as much and and it 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 makes sense that cities are uh, so impersonal because by um by um, celebrating such level of individuality, you break the connections between human beings. And of course, you also break the connection with the natural, well, the rest of the natural realm, you you know. So you have these breaks, you don't have trees. And so you're yourself as a human, you're not pa- part of a, a living collective of humans and you're not part of a living collectives of beings in general. So it, it's really... Um, I don't know. It's a mechanization of of the human of of humanity in sort some sort of way, and yeah, <laughs> it's it's. I love clear. talking to you. Like I'm just like, <laughs> oh my gosh! Like this conversation is just so good. Like I'm just like, ah, oh, soul soul tribes, man, soul tribes. But I'm curious, like for people that kind of are like me, and I feel like are out of touch. I still think with like having a true depth and richness to really understanding like same our culture um, and history, or even just like the influence of like immigration throughout the region. Um, and like how, you know, from Island to Island, we have this deep rooted brotherhood and sisterhood that I think is a neglected relationship. Um, uh-huh. How people can sort of like, yeah, like learn more about it, you know, expand their awareness of the stories that make them who they are. Um, so they can have, you know, greater empathy for others in the community right now, as well as those that seek to be a part of our community. Um, if these people live in St. Martin, I would say that the first step is to get involved in, in, in communities and associations. Because the past is one thing, but to me, the past is a, a, a way to understand the present, you know. And another way to understand the present is to to be involved in the present. 
So find a cause, find something that you want to to join. I think that's the first way to to get a better knowledge of 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 where you are and who you are, because it's when you're confronted to the other that you understand more of who you are. Uh, so I would say this as a first. Uh, then uh, you can turn to, um, and you also have events and things about our culture. So participate in those, uh, because I, I I find that the attendance is always too low compared to what it is. You know, then uh, online you also have uh, many resources. Uh, still on the present time, I would really encourage people. Well, to listen to the other episodes of your podcast, because the variety of people that you've interviewed uh, shows who we are as a people currently. So that's that's very interesting to hear different stories and not focus only on who we are as ourselves. Uh, also to listen to the, the interviews that Ralph Contav has published uh, on his YouTube page, because there he has not only he has people from many generations and so and from many walks of lives and of life and so you can see um yeah once again uh, what saint martin is is made of more or less and then uh if you want to go uh in the past uh simple google searches uh help but of course you have other resources such as uh include include uh, advertisement uh, on this day SXM on Instagram on this day in St. Martin on Facebook uh, you have the Melee uh, podcast as well uh, you have uh, resources such as the one of the Museum of St. Martin to be honest and many many once you start looking looking you're, you're gonna find because you're just gonna jump from from page to page and then to me uh, the best uh space on internet on the caribbean right now is new york caribbean uh instagram page uh because she does a phenomenal job in highlighting our stories in a i i would say decolonized uh perspective and and valuing things that we tend to uh look badly upon yeah i don't know if it was your question but uh, <laughs> and then uh the the service that you do around culture and history too is that something where people can like directly talk with you about it or is it more of like you are helping businesses get more in touch with the you know the cultural and historical side of St. Oh. Martin okay so besides my presence uh, on social media I do have a let's say an, an agency on, on culture and history, more history, but the aim is to uh, to bring about projects, uh, whether it's events, uh, books, uh, anything, uh, written, written content uh, about our history, just finding different ways to, to highlight it. Um, for now, I've worked with businesses and also with institutions. And I hope to uh, be able to produce more, much more pro, uh, projects now that I'm on the island. Uh, I have a lot of ideas, uh, but I need to choose how I allocate my time very wisely, as time is of the essence. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I, I cannot wait to have more opportunities uh, to highlight St. Martin's history in different ways. 
Yeah, and I can't wait to see it because, yeah, I mean, the impact that you've been having already, I think, in the community is tremendous. And it's something that's so needed with urgency. And yeah, I just look forward to learning, honestly, from you around like this area, because it's so important to who we are, how we operate, you know, what are our values and just like what makes us just so like I feel like in touch and in tune with like what our purpose is you know on on this world in this world and yeah it's just like so phenomenal to get to have like heard these stories from you and be able to like listen into these conversations and to deepen our connection with each other because honestly like I say it with like full chest the same art people are just some of the best people to meet in this world like they're just so colorful, so interesting, so dynamic, so much fun. Um, and you never know what you're going to get. Yep. And I don't know, like, it's just like an absolute blessing to see how our history has shaped us to be kind of this like rebellious, raw mishmash of like energies that really comes forward with like this just like deep reverence of like connection to the earth, connection to each other, um, just being who we are. And having fun with it. And I think sometimes like modernization has sort of blinded us to these like collective truths of who we are that I think it's like so important for us to really like remind people of like what our ancestors were all about so that they don't get caught up trying to be somebody else, you know? Yeah. That's why I think it's important also to start with our own personal uh, history, you know? knowing uh if we can trying to go as far back with our family our family tree uh what uh, maybe what your grandmother used to wear what were her habits and things like that and then um and, and that's also because i think that there is a lot of uh beauty and being specific about what you are interested in because uh, you you've spoken about uh how um in the United States, uh, Caribbean culture is actually like Jamaican and Trinidadian culture, and then they put it as an umbrella Pretty for much. all the Caribbean. And the same things happen for, for the French Caribbean, because, you know, uh, the French Caribbean, they have uh, their language that is a French based uh, Creole. And so when I when I when I when I was in France and I said that I was from St. Martin, I'm from the French Antilles, they would speak to me in Creole and I'm like, my mom, my mom is from Guadeloupe, so I, I speak Creole. There's no issue. But if I tell you that I'm from St. Martin, that's not what you should go to, you know. that That's not the default you should assume that, that I speak. And so to me, it's important to be wary of these umbrellas that we put uh, above cultures because we uh, it suppresses the specificities uh, of, of each culture. Like if someone wants to do uh, the, the history of Grancas, they should. If they want to do the, the history of Shantytown in Grancas, they should. If they want to do the history of Front Street or top of Front Street, they should. Because each of these places has specific stories to tell. And I, I just think it's a pity when we just um, uh, think that because it's a small place, it's not important and we're going to go higher up to find something relevant where, uh, no, the what is important is in the small stories first and then you can go up to see how it relates to other stories. So beautiful. Well, it was an absolute pleasure 
And I know there's so much we're going to talk about. <laughs> so I am really so happy to have had you on the podcast today and to get to like just chat a little bit about our culture and history because it's such a huge topic with so much nuance and flavor. Um, but yeah, it's, it was absolutely my pleasure. Same. As I told you, I've listened to most of the episodes of the podcast, so it's an honor to be part of the crew that has been on the podcast. Yay! Gang, gang. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs>